broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts. You're listening to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 34. I am super pleased to welcome to the show Chris Hamilton, founder of Sales Tip a Day Consulting, a certified marketing guru, fellow podcaster, and blogger. No matter the industry or size, from entrepreneurs to small business owners or the city of Calgary, Canada, Chris will find ways to improve techniques and increase team productivity. Through numerous years of sales and marketing experience, Chris helps businesses achieve growth with proven results. Today, Chris joins the Technology Equals Equality community to share his entrepreneurial journey. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Thanks. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. My pleasure. Chris, we would love to know a story of how it is that you once saw the future before you began building out your business and your website as sales tip a day. What did you think you would be doing in the future? Where did you begin? Um, You know what? I had no idea what I was going to be doing in the future, but... I get asked this question quite a bit, actually. Well, actually, in a roundabout way. So I always have to answer it to people to kind of explain how I got to where I am today and potentially where I'm going in the future. So um, if you if you go back about 10 years, I um, ended up and go. I, w- I went to work for a software company here in, uh, in Calgary, up in Canada. And it was a smaller little company in Calgary here that had four employees, maybe a quarter million in revenue. And, uh, I mean, they teetered on the brink of bankruptcy. So what I did was I came in the door and I ended up um, putting a process in place for their marketing, more more the biz dev side of things. But, um, you know, flash forward about two, two and a half years later, uh, we had 27 employees. We had almost $7 million a year in recurring revenue. And... Um, Really, it all started with you know like twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar contracts. So we grew that business extremely quick. I burned myself out because I was doing so much work in that company. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah, that I ended up I ended up backing myself out. But here's here's where it's going with this one is that so many people used to come to me and they go, "How did you do this?" And you know, I would go out for lunch with people. I'd write on a napkin. I'd say, "Here's exactly the steps you need to do," and I'd throw it out to people. And um, you know, six seven months later, a year later. I you know have lunch with them again and I say where you're at and they're you know we're exactly where we were before how come because we didn't do anything that you said so it was kind of a light bulb moment just boom it went off and I said you know what I gotta anytime anyone asks me this I have to explain to them you will never get there you need to embed me in your organization and let me help you uh, grow your business and that's really kind of what I did for the last uh, six years I worked with uh, various companies and just. Kind of get them going, get the processes rolling, get their uh, get their marketing or their sales aligned, and uh, and get them moving in the right uh, right direction. So that's ended up how I ended up doing kind of doing this. As I was doing it though, how I started branding myself with Sales Tip a Day was uh, truthfully, I got bored um, sitting around doing nothing, and I thought if I can't, why should someone have to go through the 25 years I went through to figure this thing out? So I just started uh, posting blog posts up and. Uh, Really, I didn't expect to have an audience. I didn't expect anything from it. And lo and behold, I got an audience, and I got people that uh, that contact me on a consistent basis. Hopefully, that answers that question. 
<laughs> it certainly does, and then some. You're awesome. <laughs> because the next question was actually, what were some of the first steps that you took? Ah. And so, you, and and you really answered that because what you did was you took your time uh, with your consulting, and then through having built up a business, you went ahead and began creating your blog because you felt like you wanted to go ahead and encourage others and explain what it was and how it is that you got into what you did, um, you know, to a wider audience, even though you weren't necessarily looking for the audience base. Um, but I want to take it back just a little bit and talk about the first steps that you actually took when you began the company in Calgary, um, you know, when with the brick and mortar, what were some of the first steps you took there prior to um, even thinking about building a company? Well, if you you know, if you first of all, I got to step back and say, you know, how I decided to go work for myself was, um, you know, it took me until the time I was like. 40 something, 40, I guess, or 48 now, so maybe 40, 41, 42, to realize that um, I hated working for people. And so that was kind of really what was the first step that made me think about this was that, you know, I don't like working for people because your life is determined by their actions. And it really, it makes it tough. So what I did was, um, Kind of the first thing I did before I, I jumped out and started with this kind of software company, I also injected some cash in, in the company to, to keep them afloat. Um, I had to get a comfort level. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people have, have um, a problem with is, is kind of getting a comfort level uh, before they go and start doing their own stuff. But right. some of the first steps I had was, you know what, okay, I need to know that there's going to be revenue coming in the door. That's the first thing that most people take a look at. So... Um, and then second step was, do I have something that's going to be of value to people? Um, and then third is, if I've got those two, then I know I could probably make a go of it. I just have to go out and see if people are willing to pay for this sort of thing. So those were kind of those were the first steps that I took when I decided it was time to work for myself. I love that. The motivation really came from recognizing your personal feelings towards working for others. And I think that is something that drives a lot of entrepreneurs, but is never really discussed. Yep. <laughs> and I, I think it's the truth, Chris, because I think it's one of those things that in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, I could be doing this for myself. I could be spending these hours building on something that's going to benefit myself and my family in the end versus working on a business and something that's benefiting someone else in the long run absolutely uh, so that's that's excellent um and and again your answers are awesome chris because <laughs> the next question i was going to ask was, are are really what are some of the key metrics that you feel a newbie should focus on um when they're starting out and i really think you encapsulated encapsulated that well with the um you know taking a look at whether or not there was going to be any sort of revenue streams um and whether or not what you were going to be producing or providing was going to be of value to the audience and to your listeners. Yeah, um, well, just to just to, to talk about that for a couple of seconds, you know, absolutely revenue. I think for anyone who's going to start a business is key and critical. Uh, and one thing that I see with entrepreneurs is they underestimate how much, or, or they overestimate, you know, how how, much, how quickly they're going to get cash coming in the door and how much they're going to be making. So, 
you know, if you say, I want to be making 100000 a year, I know I need to sell $200,000 worth of my service or product to make this happen, um, you know, you better be thinking that, you know, you actually need to sell about a million dollars and you need to sell it in like two months instead of the one month you thought you would. So you have to be realistic about those sort of, um, uh, about those sort of uh, metrics that you use as well. Certainly. Now, being realistic is probably one of the harder portions if, in fact, you don't bother to take the time to do the research. Um, and that, I think, is what really catches people up because there's so many different avenues of research that can be performed when starting a business uh, that you can get caught up in, uh, you know, looking at too many different areas and not necessarily taking the time to look at how uh, your budget may be aligned with the time frame that you're looking at yeah. to begin producing. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I myself, I say this a lot with, with a lot of my guests, I tend to get caught up in research to a degree where I feel like I just go overboard and then I become a procrastinator and then I'm just staring at ideas like, well, from this thing, you know, and, and it may be useful, but what if they want this? And I, I tend to hem and haw over ideas a lot more um, than I really feel like I should. So do you feel like there is, you know, a minimum or a maximum to the amount of research that a newbie should be performing prior to launching a, a, any sort of product or, or process or business? Uh, okay, so I'm probably one of the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an answer that will make people cringe probably. So, <laughs> uh, so I have... Um, I have tried... I've come up with concepts for ideas and tried to sell them. I've sold so much what they call vaporware in the software world uh, uh -huh. so many times. Um, and the reason being is that I just wanted to see if there was actually going to be a market for it. So, you know, there's that, that part of that answer is that, you know, that's as minimum as it gets. I come up with a, a harebrained idea and I would, I would go sell it. Now, I don't do that anymore. So I'm just going to put that preface out there, right? The flip side to this is, and I'm going to say is I, I'm not in this world, but I've got other people that, you know, they have the, um, uh, you know, they, 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 try to put something together or research so much to see if it's going to be a minimum viable product that they don't even get anywhere near getting set to launch or getting it going or they've missed the mark. Um, so to, you know, to answer your question, is there a minimum or a maximum? Um, there always is a minimum and a maximum, right? Um, I think really what, what you should do is, and I'm working with a company right now. I'll give you a prime example of this is, is what it is, is, um, they built out a software package for the health and safety industry. And, um, they had a safety consulting business. People came to them and said, um, you know, Hey, can you do this in a software package? And instead of them just saying yes, they said, well, let me go check, right? Let me check with some other clients. What they did was they went out to five other clients and they said, is this a problem in the industry? And they said, yes. And um, as soon as they, they, they heard or knew that it was a problem, they built it. Then other ones would come to them and say, well, can you do this? Can you do this? And they did the same thing. They went around to about four or five different people and, or companies and asked. And, you know, if, if they were kind of at that like 60, 80 percent, they knew that there was a problem in the industry. It was below that. They wouldn't actually build it. So, uh, you know, hopefully that answers the question. There's just, you know, do a little bit of research. Understand that there's a, a need for the, for the product and stuff like that. Um, and uh, just do a little bit of digging. But whatever you do, don't, you know, don't prolong it to a point where you cannot capitalize on it, I guess, is the best way to do it. 
Definitely. I, I think that what happens is, um, like I said, it, it turns into a procrastination point. And then it's no, it's a mute point because you can no longer become profitable with the idea because it, it, the time has passed. Um, 60 to 80 percent, I think, is a really great metric that you had, had put out there in terms of what they were using as their baseline for when they would launch something because it really has a lot to do with your own gut and looking at your own market and figuring out, you know, really how you feel as to whether or not this is going to be something that you can push forward. Um, so, excellent. Uh, how do you feel that technology has assisted you in streamlining the procedures that you've had throughout the years? Um, okay, so I'm as old as dirt. So it's, you know, I started back when like computers didn't exist or they did, but you couldn't access them or anything like that. Right. (laughs) So, and I love technology. I can't say I'm I'm bleeding edge, but I love technology and, and stuff. One of the things that I think is great is specifically, um, I always think everyone's selling. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a role. Everyone's in marketing and selling. If, if no matter what you do and you're always trying to push yourself ahead you're always trying to get your ideas you know bought into and everything um, one of the things that I like especially on the selling side or, or biz dev side I guess is um, you know technologies can help streamline processes and I'll give you an example I was working with a company over the last couple of years where I kind of had to bring myself in and bed myself and they had a bunch of employees and I ended up doing, first of all, email marketing. I would do uh, webinars. I would do um, what else would I do? Um, I used a uh, I used a system called Call on the Go for uh, making calls, which is awesome. It fits on your iPhone, and you can just kind of push a button, and it'll help kind of auto dial people that you're you put into a list. And where it streamlined the process was literally by um, leveraging email marketing. I was able to get information out to a huge, you know, a wider audience uh, at a rate of about 30 times what um, the other, you know, 150 other people that were, were uh, in this company were doing. Then on top of it is I would do uh, 20, it was about 20 or 21 times more uh, WebExes or demos, webinars, um, mm-hmm. than anyone else in the organization. And then, you know, of course, when it came to phone calls, it was uh, it was out of control. So uh, the reason being is that, you know, that helped me streamline a process to get in front of as many people as humanly possible uh, compared to other people. And I think really, um, if anyone's out there looking for technology, there's little bits and pieces that you can kind of cobble together to help you use your time way more efficiently. And, you know, another example of this is how's technology assisted in streamlining processes? I live and breathe on LinkedIn. Um, I think LinkedIn is the most powerful tool that anyone has to them in a business world. And, I, I mean, there's just certain ways. I mean, if you if you don't know anyone but someone's in your second connection in your network, it will help you increase your sales success by two to four times greater than if you just approach this person. So think about this. That would streamline a process to help you get more sales. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, may, I'm being long-winded on this, but it is there's so much technology out there that is just phenomenal that you can use to uh, to do way more with your time nowadays. Certainly. No, the ability 
to increase your own volume of productivity uh, just through the, the multiple resources, like you said. But not only that, there's so many free resources, um, like you said, Chris, that you can piece together in different manners that can really help you do some amazing things in this day and age that, um, you know, weren't around even when I was younger. So, absolutely. Um, there's, you know what? I'll, I'll give your I'll give your guests one that's amazing. Um, it's a uh, it's a CRM system called Contactually, and uh, it is unbelievable uh, what you can do with that. I literally by using Contactually, I save myself uh, or I gain one full month of productivity each month. And if anyone wants to find out how or why, they can you know they can just send it to me. I'm not going to go into the details here, but they can reach out to me at Chris at SalesTipAday.com and I'll and I'll show them how it works. I got a video on that. Awesome, and I'll definitely include a link to that in the show notes page, and I'll have to check that one out myself. I've actually never heard of Contactually. I've, I've heard of a couple of other uh, different CRM systems, but never Contactually, so I will link to that, and, and I'm interested to check it out myself, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what, do you, what do you feel uh, prospective entrepreneurs should really take into consideration as one of the most important things they should uh, consider before they take the leap. Uh, you know what? It's it all comes back to revenue. Is how quickly they can get revenue. And I, I truthfully, I really believe. You know, people think they open their door and the revenue starts to come in. And um, you know, in most cases, it's not that way. Um, right. They really, you really need to think about how am I going to bring money in the door. Um, and how quickly I'm going to bring it in. So, I, I mean, really, don't, whatever you do, just, you know, make sure you got a plan in place and a contingency plan just in case. Right. Create an A and a B plan and make sure you have some idea as to how that revenue is, A, going to be created and an, a, a decent estimate as to when that cash flow will actually begin. Absolutely. Uh, because... Yeah, without those two pieces, it's just a hobby. It's not, it's not an income-producing activity in any way, shape, or form. It's just going to be a hobby. Yep. So, yep, exactly. <laughs> definitely. Um, so the show is really designed to help entrepreneurs come up with an idea for an innovative company in an industry that they may not have thought of. Uh, so, Chris, I would absolutely love the opportunity to be able to help you. If you had a magic wand and could change anything at all in your business, what would it be and why? Hmm. Good question. Um, you know, I think one of my biggest problems is uh, probably follow-up and you know, the reason being is because I get so much going that um, sometimes things just fall through the cracks. And I guess if I were to look at it is, is how do I, you know, how do I, how do I put a process in place to follow up? Now that said, you know, I always like to spin a positive out of things as well. And uh, there's another CRM program I use called Insightly, which basically allows me to create task lists, which I've been using religiously for the last year or so, which has helped me somewhat overcome this problem um, just so that I can make notes 
and put stuff in place in the future for, for follow-up. So, but I mean, I still, stuff falls through the cracks and I forget things and I feel really bad after the fact when someone reaches out to me and says, weren't you supposed to do this? I'm like, oh geez, yeah, I guess I was. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, uh, if I if I could get 100% follow-up, that'd be awesome. I'll probably be at 75 to 80% and I miss about 20%, I'll say, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding. I think what we uh, have to do is find some way to get you an admin over there and delegate even more of the uh, the processes and things that you're you're working on currently. No, oh, I already and, I already have a uh, I have an offshore resource that helps me out every day. So it's uh, she uh, I think she thinks I'm ADD because I throw so much at her all the time. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Chris. Then in that respect, you just need to delegate more. We've got that to is true. Stuff. Actually, I do need more to de- more time to delegate on that stuff. So that's exactly what you got to do. We we got to get more off of your plate. Oh, but that's excellent, Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Please share the best way for our listeners to find you. Um, you know what? Come to my uh, come to my website, salestipaday.com. Um, you know, I got a plethora of. Uh, uh, interviews with some of the world's greatest authors there. Um, you know, guys like Brian Tracy, Guy Kawasaki, uh, Joe Paluzzi, um, you know, just tons, uh, Stephen Keith. Um, where these guys, um, sorry, I'm putting a plug in for myself, but, <laughs> but Certainly, the nice please. thing about this is some of these guys charge tens of thousands of dollars for, uh, you know, uh, uh, keynotes. And a lot of times I'll get them for half an hour and just pick their brain and they give it to me for free. So I've had some of the world's greatest uh, mentors uh, teach me stuff that I would have never known, and I share that with everyone. So why I say that though is because you can contact me right through the uh, through the website, or you know, reach out to me, Chris at SalesTipAday dot com, and um, you know, more than happy um, to uh, uh, connect with people and uh, try to help them solve problems if they have uh, if they have any problems. Thank you, thank you again. We truly appreciate you joining us today. My thank pleasure, you. Lori. Awesome, Chris. Enjoy the day. Thanks, you too. Bye. Always be sure to determine how and when your revenue stream is going to be generated. And don't forget to reach out to Chris at salestipaday.com, or you can always find him through our show notes page at technologyequality.com forward slash Chris Hamilton. Chris, thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. And Techie community, thanks for sticking around for yet another episode. I truly appreciate it. And until our next episode, when we continue to hear the journey, find the pain and create solutions, enjoy the week.